This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment, where they pride themselves on equipping their customers with the tools they need to get the job done right. They are dedicated to set the standard for quality, convenience, and reliability. At Tallman, your opinion is important to them. Rate and review any product or tool you've used on their new website at tallmanequipment.com. Line 11 Clothing Company. Making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line11Clothing on Instagram. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. This podcast is created for hardworking fathers. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. Our guest today is none other than Clint Crozy, a journeyman lineman, husband, and father to an amazing little girl. Clint now works for Cal Nevada JATC, where he is a full-time lineman apprentice instructor. Clint grew up in Chino, California, and got into the trade as a meterman for Southern California Edison. Clint topped out in 2016. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, brother. I'm glad to be here. Hey, Clint, am I am I pronouncing your last name the it's right Cruz. way? Cruz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I don't know if I'm probably butchering this dude's last name, man. No, it's close. Yeah, everyone everyone gets it like that. You're pretty close though. Not bad. Right on, brother. Well, I want to open up by you having you tell our audience a little bit about your history, uh, your childhood as you remember it, your mom, your dad, etc. If you don't mind, brother. Yeah, um, I was born in Pomona, and then uh, grew up in Chino. When uh, my uh, childhood was pretty good, even though my parents got divorced when I was five years old. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were when they got divorced, they ended up getting houses like three miles apart. So. I had it pre-made. I got to see them every, uh, almost every day. So my schedule went, my mom would drop, would have me on Sundays. My mom would drop me off school on Monday. My dad would pick me up Monday. Then my dad would drop me off school on Tuesday. And then my mom would pick me up. So, you know, vice versa. So I saw them at least every day. So we're done pretty good. But, uh, but yeah, my dad was always there. You know, they just had conflicting issues with them, but it didn't affect uh, the way that rose me at all. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now how was it that like i know childhood you know divorce and stuff like that that's that's rough on a child you know and a lot of times we have a tendency when we're children to take the blame for that did you ever look at it and kind of be like hey you know what did what did i not do that my dad had to leave or my mom had to leave or whatever like that did you ever look at it I, I, for, not really like that i just seen as a when you're five years old you know, stuff was hitting the fan around four. I'm just saying it's so easy to get back together. I don't know why you guys couldn't get back together. It just seemed when you're you know, that young, it just seemed like it's fine and dandy. But they did a lot of the fighting when I wasn't around, I guess. So I didn't see much of it. And all of a sudden, it's just like, I don't remember much of it. But I just remember all, all of a sudden, I mean, now I'm at my dad's, I got my dad's house. Now my mom was in an apartment for a while. And then she ended up getting a, another house after the divorce was settled. But it just seemed like it's almost, it's almost like a blur now, the way it happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I didn't think it was my fault, really. I just seemed like it was so easy to get them back together. I don't know why they couldn't get back together. But mm-hmm. that's that just that childlike faith that we have as children. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. we don't see the big picture. We just see that, hey, you know, you're my mom, you're my dad. I love you guys. You need to make it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, other than that, I, was, I don't. My dad would. My, my dad was a general contractor. You know, I've been mm-hmm. doing construction my whole life. So ever since so he took me to the jobs. He's self-employed, like a, he has his own license, so he's able to take me on the jobs. We've done hundreds of modern home patios and stuff like that for U.S. homes and Shea homes as a kid. So he got me down to a new construction. That's like all I knew. So I could never even play sports in high school because I had to go work during the summer and stuff like that. So he raised me good to work hard for my money. And, you know, honest days work for honest days pay. So, mm-hmm. Do you think that that's like one of the biggest things your dad taught you is that good work ethic? Yeah, for sure. And a lot of knowledge on I could do any house project without having to hire someone, which is pretty cool, actually. You know, something you, you can do, you can build power lines, but then you can also come home and put a new breaker in, you know, change a dishwasher out, put a new sink in, stuff like that. Build some cabinets for the, you know, for my house, all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So he definitely got you to have that mechanical aptitude that a lot of kids these days are, are missing, huh? Oh, big time. Yeah, I, I still play video games. I like got my mom's house and my neighbors. Mm-hmm. I, I used to play video games all the time, but actually my buddy, Kenny Draper, the one I said, my, uh, he was my best man at my wedding. He's actually uh, just topped out about two years ago. He's a journeyman too. He went through Cal Nav apprenticeship. So we're playing, we used to play video games together <laughs> and we used to build forts together. And now we're both lambing together. So it's pretty cool too. Yeah, that is pretty interesting the way life turns out that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, you talked about your dad and how he used to take you around to these construction sites. What do you remember? How was your relationship with him? Oh, really good. Really good. Uh, he'd wake me up and I'd go sleep in the backseat of the truck with a, with a pillow. And then he'd wake me up when we get to Denny's or McDonald's, you know, when they open up at 6 a.m. Well, we'd be leaving the house at 4 o'clock, sometimes 4.30, mm-hmm. get me up. And I got a little pillow and a blanket in the back. He wake me up and I'd go get some breakfast and just work all day. And then I'll sleep on the way home. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. He was always a good teacher. taught me really well. So I, I have no complaints at all. Like I had, even though they're divorced and all that, I had no issues. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good to see. Um, what is something that your father taught you that you want to share with your children when the time comes? Um. Yeah, just be around for him, you know, see him all the time. Actually, my dad showed up today at my house to see my uh, my daughter today. So he always wants to be around. He comes by at least once a week, comes by and, show, and just shows up, you know, mm-hmm. basically being a show-up dad. And that's the main issue there. He's always, always there for me. I'd see him, you never know, every, almost every single day. I, mean, I can call him at any time. He'll drop anything, you know, whatever he needs to drop and help me out. If I have issues with the house or anything, he'll just drop it instantly and just come help me. So that's what I like about him. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to implement to your children too. Yeah, just you know, be around, and if your if your kids need you, you drop everything. Especially with the newborn now, I understand you drop whatever you're doing. She's crying, you, you you go attend to her. She's the she's the boss of the house right now, so you know, be around for. Her. It's amazing the way they have the tendency to to uh, take that place in our lives. Huh? It's like, oh man. yeah, <laughs> you should be screaming bloody murder, and then. You know, you're all nervous and all this, and then she gives a little smile, and it makes it all worth it. That's amazing, brother. Well, let's jump into this topic that we have, bro. I mean, obviously, you had an awesome childhood. I mean, you had some adversities that you had to overcome with the divorce and stuff like that. But nonetheless, 
your father was a solid dad and he was a show up dad for you. And that that's amazing. So with that being said, I want to, uh, talk about you becoming a dad. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. this, this is probably one of the biggest events of your life. I could imagine. Always. Mm-hmm. For you sure know? it is. You know, being, and, the, being ahead. there the day she was born, the whole, during the whole pregnancy, you know, like you can't do much when she's pregnant. You can help you know, the wife out, but then when the baby's born, you got to be there because she's incapacitated a little while, you know, for a few hours after the birth. So you're doing all the diaper changes and all that for the first night. And it, it's, it hits you hard mm-hmm. when you, uh, you know, you weren't doing much and all of a sudden you're doing everything. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, as, as dads, you know what I mean? We, we try to make the most time, especially tradesmen dads. We try to make the most of our time, you know, cause we, we come up in a trade where there's no wasted moves. So if we can transpire that to being a father, you know, we're, we're doing all these things. We're not wasting moves or putting diapers, you know, we're doing all the work we can while we're there, right. Be oh, where yeah. your feet are. You know, a lot of times those fathers is we think that we can multitask. And I don't know if you've heard it in other podcasts that we've had where there's no such thing as multitasking. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that being said, when you're there, be there, right? When you're with your child, engage your child, put that phone down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. That's it, a big factor is that phone nowadays. Oh, right. Because I attracted it, you know, and all of a sudden, you're like, I look down and it's been, I've been on it for half an hour. And I think you think it's been about four or five minutes, but you got to get out of that habit. Sure. exactly exactly now and uh in what ways did becoming a father change you clint that you've seen um my priorities were completely different or just completely like 180 out compared to you know hanging out and, you know drinking beer this and that and i was just you got to tend to her all the time and you know I used to drink buy more beer and like get more beer and stuff like that than i should have but now i only have like you know one or two so you gotta be able to take care of it all times so i used to like to drink a lot of beer and stuff <laughs> like that you know party and have fun but and we recently went to Vegas and it was like the most mild, mild Vegas trip we went on because my mother-in-law watched the, watched our baby Hayden for, you know, five hours. We got to go out and have fun for a little while, but then we paid the price. We came back home because we were drinking and then, uh, she was freaking not very happy. And then we both retired and want to go to bed, but, uh, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's yeah. awesome that you, uh, were able to change your priorities and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. and it's, you know, she's number one priority all the time now. So. absolutely and it takes over those vices like for me you know i still drank and i still chewed and i would switch off that's how i handled my my vices right if i was not mm-hmm. drinking i was chewing if i wasn't chewing I, w- I wasn't drinking and vice versa you know what i'm saying and um i remember my wife telling me when my daughter was already like two or three she tells me she's like you know i'm not going to tell you not to drink but are you going to be happy with your daughter being comfortable with that smell that smell of alcohol on a man. If you're okay with that, then I'm never going to tell you anything again. And man, when, once my wife told me that, dude, I stopped drinking. I haven't started drinking for like 14, 14 years. I haven't drank. That's good. Really good. You know? So moral of the story is you will make the changes <laughs> for things that are important to you, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. All the, you know, golfing and all that is out the window now, you know, maybe in a few months you can get away for a few hours, whatever, but, you know, I used to golf and this and that, and we're, just, we're not, I'm not having golfed in four months now, you know, stuff like that, you know, just the weekend hobby stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I only have a beer or two now, you know, just, you know, just, just, you know, for fun, but she still drives the car, the car home and I'll sit in the back of the baby if I need to, you know, mm-hmm. no big deal. She takes care of me. So that's good. That's good to see you guys partner like that, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she, she does great for us. She's a really good mom for our baby. So, how do you make the most of your time when you're home, Clint? Um, usually picking up if the baby was had a bad day mm-hmm. and was up a lot, I just pick up, you know, start doing laundry, cook dinner, you know, give the baby a bath right before bed. It was pick up all the slack where we left off if the wife had a rough night because she watched the baby all night. So I get to go to work and be rested. Mm-hmm. She, if she's not doing good, I let her take a nap. I'll take the baby on a walk around the park. That would get her out of the house for a while and just pick up the less slack work. And, you know, if she couldn't do the laundry, I'll finish the laundry. Mm-hmm. You know, if she defrosts the meat for dinner, I'll cook the dinner. No big deal. I'll just take over where the slack was left off, you know? And I just want to commend you on that. Cause that's being an intentional father. You know, that's one of our core values here at the foundation is being that intentional, committed, responsible dad. And when you do that, you're showing that you're intentional, you're being committed, you're being responsible because you're engaged. You're aware of your surroundings. You're aware that your wife didn't get the sleep she needed last night and she's tired. You're mm-hmm. aware if the diapers are getting low, you know what I mean? Versus a checked out dad or a distant dad, as we like to call it at the foundation, where you're completely oblivious to anything that's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I stock the di- I, t- I check. I make sure there's an extra bag of wipes. You know, 20 extra diapers. I go check it every couple of days. I know mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I like to have plenty of all that stuff. I have about five boxes of diapers for the next you know, few months in the garage. I don't want to be out of them. So mm-hmm. now it's, it's interesting to see you talk about that. And then I, I look at that and I see it from my point of view, just being a, a alignment instructor, just like you. Um, and, you know, just having apprentices of my own and stuff like that back in the day. Um, I see that same type of mentality as an apprentice lineman, right? You're mm-hmm. always stacked up. I mean, how many times do we tell our apprentices at the job or, or at the, even at the apprenticeship that be that apprentice that has that little memo pad, writes things down, um, mm-hmm. keeps things stocked up. And that's exactly what you did. That what you learned at the apprenticeship transpired into your fatherhood. So now you're stacked up. You're ready to go. You got diapers lined up. You know, yeah, it's the, stuff. That I heard the same one time. Uh-huh. I'd rather be looking at it than looking for it. So that's, that's that saying stuck with me. So I'd rather always be, you know, I already have, if I need one, I'll get two. It's always a mentality, you know, if you have, you know, material for the truck, you know, you're not going to grab two poles, but, you know, or two transformers, but, you know, I always try to get an extra cut on the truck just in case one breaks or an extra lightning arrestor. So, you know, if something happened, we're good to go. You know, I don't want to be that guy that didn't have it. That, that saying stuck with me for big time. It still sticks with me at every time we teach a climbing class. I, I tell them that saying come Friday, right before we ship them out to go to work. You know, I'd rather be looking at it than looking for it. Hmm. And it's cool that you transpired that to being a father. I mean, that's mm-hmm. awesome. I commend you to that, dude. That, that, Thank you, Ron. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Um, now I know for me through the pregnancy up, you know, up until my wife actually gave birth, I kind of was distant with my, my child, you know, yeah, I, I petted my wife's belly and, you know, I talked to the baby every once in a while, but I was kind of distant. Did you ever feel like that during your pregnancy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She'd make me, she'd make me known or make me feel that I uh, was distant also. Are you going to come talk to her? You know, we need to read to her. I was definitely in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they say you start reading to her in the womb that way or to your child in the womb so they can understand words better and this and that. But, um, uh, I was definitely not there. I was still like not a dad yet. You know, it changes you as soon as you bring him home. And it's like, man, I should have been there, you know, more often for that. Even, even for the baby being in the womb, 
you know, mm-hmm. for sure. I should have been there more. I know that for a fact. For me, it was like, baby's going to come and I'll have all that time to do that. You know, that was my mentality. Yeah. You same know? thing here, basically. You know, and, and even like just being around my wife, like I didn't want to like hurt the baby. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, I was very careful. Like, Oh, I don't want to sit too close to you, you know, cause you know, I don't want to accidentally elbow her or whatever. <laughs> you know, I know what I mean? you know, yeah. You don't worry. So yeah, that's, that's cool that you, you experienced that too. And I think a lot of fathers out there experience that same distance too, you know what I mean? During that, that pregnancy too. So it's good to, mm-hmm. you know, that you experience that as well. Um, did you have to give up any vices when you became a dad? I mean, you obviously you stated that you don't drink as much, but is there anything else that you decided to give up for your child or anything like that? Or not like I'm trying to think or not give up, you know, just slow down on or slow down. It can be put to the side, you know, till six months, you know, like golf in and stuff like that with the boys. You know, I want to be there for the kid and help my wife out during the day. So, you know, when you go golf, it takes six hours. You're not going to be able to leave the house for six hours just to go have fun while your wife's watching the baby and taking care of her. And that's not fair either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like maybe, in, you know, three or four more months from now, you know, my mother-in-law is, is great and watches the baby a lot all the time and watched her in Vegas last weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, stuff like that, you know, stuff that doesn't have to get done and it's just pleasure stuff, that just gets put to the side no matter what. Mm-hmm. So baby comes first. I know when my, my child was born, my, my firstborn, I was working out of town a lot. You know, um, I wasn't around. Um, probably for the first seven years of her life, I was on the road. And uh, that really affected my relationship with my daughter. Um, to where we have a good relationship now, just because I've been doing this whole uh, foundation and just trying to be a better dad and being more aware of the things I've caused. But man, that, that was really a, a rough spot for me is because my lack of involvement in her life. And when I did come home, I was still in like that work lineman mode. You know what I mean? You figure because you're living on the road, you're spending time away from your family. And when you come home, you don't even, you're not even comfortable being home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, I I never had that because well, I wanted to wait until it was, you know, financially secure and more mature as a man Mm -hmm. to have a child and make sure I find the right woman first. I don't want to have a divorce because coming from a divorced family, you know, my mom got remarried again when I was about uh, nine and divorced again when she, when I was 15 in high school. Mm-hmm. So my stepdad was cheating on my mom and this and that. She found it through phone records. And, you know, I've been through two divorces now. It's like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that guy. So I want to make sure I find the right woman first. You know, I don't want to have my child be divorced, you know, I still had a really good life and good childhood, but you know, it wasn't like ideal. Seeing no, you know, parents have been married 30 years. It's not that case. It's not the case, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure I was, you know, have a house and I don't want to be living in an apartment. If I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's bad, but I wanted to be able to have a backyard for the kid and be secure. And so that's why I waited till I'm 30. Now the baby was born when I was 30, but uh, I, I just wanted my priorities straight before, you know, I, I knew a childhood was a, a big thing. Mm-hmm. now and it's interesting that you talked about divorce like that i mean i think it's one in three marriages or one in two marriages i don't even know what it is now i know it's really high ends in divorce you know especially with our trade you know what i mean there's yeah divorces running rampant you know what i mean oh yeah you hear stories all the time mm-hmm. 
I think though, as, as husbands, you know, because being a husband is just as important as being a father, you know, because what we're doing is we're mimicking to our children, how they're supposed to teach or, or, or treat the opposite sex. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're their example. Yeah. Now, you lead by example. Exactly. So that's the way, you know, that's the way I, uh, treat everything and even, even teaching at the JTC, I lead by example, you know, I always mm-hmm. demonstrate first and then I ask them to do it. I don't ask them. To, I don't ask someone to do something that I wouldn't do. So I, you know, I show them the correct way to do it the first time and then go ahead and try it, figure it out yourself. But yeah, especially as a kid, you're, you're a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. So if you have a bad, your dad's yelling and screaming and fighting with your parents, you just think that's normal, but it's actually not, you know? No. So yeah, definitely. That's why I wanted to make sure I was in the right situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I am. So I waited, I waited, my t- waited a little longer than I wanted to probably, but we're good to go now. So I'm set. That's solid. And just like, just advice for those who are listening, you know, when you get married, our goal is to enjoy your spouse. Okay. It's not to be dependent upon our mate to make us happy, you know, or try to meet their needs. Cause we can never meet their needs hundred percent. And I think that's where we fail as fathers, as, as husbands, as, as mothers and, and wives, you know what I mean? We're, constantly trying to placate our spouse and to make them happy and it's not our job to make them happy just like with our children we had a guest in the past nathan padilla and he talked about how our goal as fathers is not to make our children happy but to create an environment where they can experience happiness and i wholeheartedly believe that you know what i mean oh yes yeah coming from my my uh, wife's parents been married like 32 years and happily married and it's like two, I have two different, like I came from you know, two divorces and then they've been together 32 years and then to love each other and have a good time. It's, it's cool to see both. Like I did definitely have, you know, sometimes they have fights and this and that, but no big deal. They've been married 32 years, but uh, you know, it's just cool to see that. I want to be like that couple, you know, be around, pick their, you know, make sure me and my spouse are doing good and make sure like when we're dating, make sure everything, you know, I just want to make sure that she was the one. Mm-hmm. So, And, uh, just to quote an old lineman I know, uh, when I when I first joined the trade, um, one of the first things he told me is like, "You're in construction, you're going to be traveling." He's like, "Love your wife." That's what he told me. He's like, "Love your wife," because if you don't, someone else will. And he's absolutely right. You know, I and mean? we got to continue to to love our spouse, and we got to continue to to live in that moment with them. You know what I mean? Don't cut them out of the picture the way I did. You know, I had mm-hmm. a lot of issues that I was dealing with in our marriage, you know, being on the road and trying to support two homes, you know, while being on the road and, uh, all that weight, all that pressure that builds up on a father, on a husband, on a provider, I didn't know how to deal with it. So I started isolating myself. You know what I mean? In a sense, I think I did that to protect my family because I didn't want to freak out on them and let them know that, Hey, I don't got this. I'm not okay. You know what I mean? Cause as men, we don't want to admit that to our wives. I don't know why yeah. pride or ego or whatever. But in the same token, I isolated my wife and my wife, I, I honestly, she, for the longest time, she thought I hated her, mm-hmm. you know, and I got an amazing, amazing, amazing wife. You know what I mean? And it's, it's awful that I did that to her. It's awful that I put her through that whole gestation period of years where she thought I actually hated her. Yeah. It's going to be rough. Well, I know I was apprentice. I was on the road uh-huh. and uh, dating um, a different girl, but, um, uh... That was definitely rough too, but I could imagine having kids and being married and living on the road. I've been, you know, thankful. I've been uh, journeying out in Southern California where the work's plentiful and, you know, 
I get seven, six or seven yards within a 45 minute drive of my house. So I've never had to have that issue as being as a father and being married, but I've only been a father for, you know, three months now, but that's why I took the, the job with the JTC was in less hours. Most guys right now are working 80, 90 hours a month or a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be that guy that's working less. So I could be at home more and enjoy the weekend with my baby. So mm-hmm. well, kudos to you. My hat's off to you because that, that takes a big man to be able to step away from that type of money. You know, you go to yeah. for making, what was it? Six, 7,000 a week. <laughs> yeah you know? oh, yeah oh yeah on a on a slow week on a slow week right yeah now with that being said i want to read you something okay i wholeheartedly believe that becoming a father shows you how selfish you really are what i mean by this is now you got this little human being right who needs care and everything we do or don't do could have a direct effect on their well-being you know how is making the decision to become a full-time instructor at the baddest apprenticeship in, in the world, which is CalNev, right? I, I mm-hmm. already believe we are the top of the food chain as far as apprenticeships go. Now, how has that helped you be a better father and a husband just besides having the time now? Um, I don't know. Teaching, you know, guys every single week, that is going to help me as a father to teach my daughter how to do stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. be, I'm already a patient guy already, but may have more patience, you know, maybe help me become a better teacher, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, she can't tell me if I'm being a bad teacher, but I can, you know, I asked, I had my first Saturday class this week on Saturday, uh, this, this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I told my guys, Hey, if there's something, I'm a new instructor and teacher, there's something that you think I can help improve on. Let me know because I'm still, you know, green to the teaching and learning thing and uh, the instruction part, but I think probably be a good you know, for instruction and teaching is going to help me out big time. And, and probably just communicating, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had many nicknames on crews to boom hour because I talk so fast mm-hmm. and I start mumbling quickly because I, especially on something I get excited about, I talk really fast. And this long, I told my mom, I got this job, uh, higher uh, teaching guys. And she's like, well, you better, better slow down and not talk so fast because, uh, you know, it's going to, I'm not getting my point across or I'm going to keep repeating myself. So just slowing down and being to communicate and get the point across the first time is going to definitely going to help me as a father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause communication is like the number one thing. I mean, if a lot of the things we do in our trade, we can use as linemen. And that's, that's kind of the premise of, of what I'm doing here with the show up dad is because everything we learn, you know, from look up and live, you know, to uh, be where your feet are and stuff like that. All these little monikers that we use in the line trade, we can transpire them over to, to line work, you know, even to three point communication. You know what I mean? When, when I'm talking to my teenage daughter and I'm telling her something and then I have her repeat it back to me, that lets me know, even if she's rolling her eyes, that's letting me know she's paying attention. She's listening to what I say. And I'm actually doing my job, even if she's bugged with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's important to get the, communication across for sure you know at home and on the crew mm-hmm. and i could save someone's life it could you know could save your daughter's life you know or something like that too so like i see it communication is definitely key on both the trade and at home mm-hmm. now now that you're not on a crew brother you know obviously i know you love this trade just as much as i do and it's it's hard to transition out of your tools into a teaching atmosphere right so mm-hmm. now that you're not on a crew what do you like best about it and what do you miss about it the best part about it is not being exhausted when I get home mm-hmm. from, you know, rubber gloving. It was like 104 when I started like six weeks ago. 
imagine rubber glove and sleeping for you know six seven hours in a bucket you just exhaust it and go home and pretty much tell the wife don't talk to me i'm sitting on this couch or go take a cold shower and sit on the couch with us and i relax but now you know i come home energized and rested and ready to take the baby she you know sometimes it's a bad day she just as soon as i come home she you know, wash my hands and make sure my hands are clean before i go touch my baby mm-hmm. and she goes here uh you know it's a rough day you have her for, that's perfect you know i have her for a couple hours you know feed her a bottle take her on a walk around the park and stuff like that and then um what i miss about it is just the camaraderie and the crew you know just having fun talking crap to each other just it's just so i just think about it there's so many funny little stories when you're telling stories on saturdays in class about all these guys you work with they just there's a lot of stories that you have and you just you know bring one out here and there and it's it's just fun mm-hmm. yeah for sure you know it's it's the guys you miss you know even me being in the military and stuff like that it's not necessarily being in the military or serving your country or anything like that it's the guys that are next to you you know what i mean that make that time pass because you're you're spending time you know when you're on a crew or you're in the military or whatever you're spending time with those guys more than you are your own family. They become mm-hmm. your family, you know? Yeah. So Same you thing definitely crew, miss yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Working 80, 90 hours a week. You're, you're pretty much just going to shower and go to bed and leaving the next day, especially for the last three months of the year um, on the Edison property, the contract is just getting crazy. It's an open checkbook. Yeah, we're never home. So my wife's really happy that, I, you know, I'm working the JTC now. I'm always home you know, three-day weekends, you know, I'm looking to get a motorhome here soon. So go do a little weekend trips with the baby and teach her how to fish and camp. And I got a Jeep. We're going to go off-roading and all kinds of teach her all kinds of cool stuff. Hmm. Man, that's, that's, that's awesome, dude. I'm so happy to, to hear that you're just making those memories, you know, cause that's time, mm-hmm. time we don't get back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I grew up fishing with my stepdad, the one that, uh, ended up cheating on my mom but before then it was all fine and dandy you know but uh he taught me how to stream fish and all kinds of stuff uh, i he used to fly airplanes too at a china airport mm-hmm. i had my glider license i used to fly gliders and 20 palms you know i sold it at 14 years old uh, behind the tow plane he would tow me up with a cessna mm-hmm. i'd have a glider behind it i'd fly by myself and it'd be, you become a man real quick when you're 14 years old and you have your life in your hands you know oh yeah there's no engine on it so you don't make it back you're not making it back so Mm-hmm. boom up real fast you know and pay attention and get matured really quick mm-hmm. do you think that young men like that need like to me that sounds like a rite of passage right um mm-hmm. a lot of times you know different cultures you know they have that rite of passage like say for uh, jewish people you know they have uh the bar mitzvah um another rite of passage would be like in new mexico they have this uh indian tribe called the these Leda Indians and they have this deal called the evergreen where the boy actually travels into manhood and he goes in the mountains and has to survive, you know what I mean? In, in the wilderness, you know, for a few mm-hmm. days and stuff like that. So do you think that was kind of like a rite of passage for you? Just. Yeah, that must for definitely for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think the generation now needs that rite of passage? Do you think it helps them young men? It's definitely going to help them, you know, if they plan on, you know, going to college and doing one of those jobs it doesn't matter as much but if, you know if they're going to do the construction part i, I would say needing a right of passion and you know becoming an early a young man like that is definitely going to help them progress in their career as a hard-working you know construction mm-hmm. worker of some type whatever whatever path they take but i would definitely recommend something like that yes now now that we're on that topic clint um 
do you feel that the little climbing deal that we run our guys through at the beginning, their, their, their first week, the assessments that they do, that little mini hell week, as I call it, um, do you think that's kind of a rite of passage to break them into our trade as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you, you want the guys that want to be there. You know, it's, it's not going to be fun for them, but you want the guys – you don't want the guy that just wants there for the money. You want to get you want the guy that you know the money is cool but he wants to be there be the brotherhood be your brother's keeper and work hard and you know there's a certain breed that just likes to drive by and build stuff with their hands and you know i love driving by poles i've, I've done all work in southern california everywhere down here and i was pointing out to my wife like we changed that pole out i worked in this fall i did this this and that built these towers over here crossing down the 10 freeway going towards Blythe, you know mm-hmm. stuff like that just you definitely the right of passage. Yeah, that little the hell week is just, you know, makes the guys want it and they come smiling, but they're hurting, but they want to be there. So just put a smile on my face to make sure that we're progressing our trade in, in the right path. And, and we're going to have good quality hands coming out of there to teach. You know, if I have, you know, we're going to try to have another kid. If I have a boy next and he wants to be a lineman, on the guys I'm teaching, they might be teaching my, you know, if I have a son someday. So I want to make sure they're on the right path. So. Mm. That's good to hear you say that because I've had the same conversation with other linemen and I've thought about that myself. You know, these kids might be the ones who are training my kid, mm-hmm. you know, and if we're not putting out a good quality product, you know, these kids might have the potential to injure and hurt our sons mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? In the field or daughters, you know, if your daughter yep. so chooses to be a line woman, you know what I mean? Um, with that being said, brother, what are some of the biggest challenges you faced with your new baby now? Um, the, the, the missing the lack of the slack of sleep at first mm-hmm. for first and most, but my wife's done an incredible job. So I get to sleep mostly through the night all the time. So, and then, uh, um, just, you know, she's crying, just remain calm. You know, sometimes she's ear piercing screaming and just like, Oh my God, it's overwhelming. And he's got to mm-hmm. be calm and, you know, just, she either wants a bottle or she needs to get changed. You know, now in the first couple of weeks, it was rough. And now, you know, there's only a couple of things that's going to make her mad. So, so she's either tired, has diaper change, or she's hungry. It's pretty easy now. But in the beginning, it's very stressful, which is screaming. And I really didn't know what to do yet. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because they don't know how to communicate. And their last action to get what they want or what they need is crying. So that, that that's oh, yeah. pretty interesting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's even yeah, even with older children, um, a lot of times when they're acting out, even with my sons, when they're acting out and they're throwing down in the side of Walmart or whatever, it's because they need something. You know, they're not getting attention. They're not getting a point across. They don't know how to communicate. So then I got to pull over my son and be like, okay, what's going on? What do you need at this moment? Versus giving them a, a you know, back in the day, I would have given them a backhand and be like, chill out. What the heck's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the way I grew up, you know, my dad would have pulled me out to the over there in the car and gave me a good walloping you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but now things have changed and now i've gone knowledge and wisdom and i'm like okay now my kid needs something just like your baby you know when she's crying you know she needs a diaper change or she needs a bottle or or she's Mm -hmm. not feeling good right yeah so it's it's the same thing with your kids when they start progressing and getting older you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. keep that in mind you know what i mean yeah i'll be there she's (laughs) coming (laughs) right right now um 
I know you've been a great support for your wife. I know you've been intentional. I know you've been committed with her. I know you pay attention to details. You know, when she's sick, you know, when she's tired and stuff like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, did your wife struggle with any, uh, post like pregnancy, uh, disorders like postpartum depression or anything like that? Um, not too much. No, but more about like what the pregnancy did to her body after the baby, you know, mm. so stretch marks, this and that. She's just not happy with her body as, you know, the, yeah. what the baby did to her side of thing. But other than that, she just, not that I know if she, you know, she has never communi communicated to me about that, but we're, she's good to go as far as I know. And it, it, it's, it's crazy. Cause like our wives, you know, I know my wife, she was always worried about stretch marks and stuff like that too. And mm -hmm. I had to tell her one day, I'm like, look, man, you carried my children. Those are battle scars of you carrying my children. Those are beautiful to me. I don't give a crap what anybody says. Yeah. You know she's always saying? worried about what I'm going to think. Like you just gave birth to our child. That was the most amazing thing ever to be there and watch the child being born and all that. And it's incredible what, you know, a male, female can do. And nine, you know, nine, 10 months later, this baby comes out. It's, it's pretty incredible, actually, the mm -hmm. whole process. Now, I wanted to ask you, being a new daddy, brother, did you experience any daddy blues? Um, baby coming? Yeah, I was sort of missed, like, being able to do whatever I wanted when I wanted, you know, and mm -hmm. that's not the case anymore. It's, you know, the baby's me, me, me all the time. So, you know, all your priorities and stuff are out the window. It's, but I want to change it for the world now. You know, mm -hmm. I love it. So, but, you know, you get accustomed to this. She takes precedence all the time over everything. Mm -hmm. You know, that's definitely different, definitely different. Mm -hmm. I went through a bout of those daddy blues to myself. And I mean, just hindsight 2020, looking back, you know, when I was thinking about this question to ask you, man, if I'm real with myself, I could say, yeah, I kind of got a little bit depressed. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like for you, just the change. Cause it's a drastic change when you have a child. Yeah. I just think about the, the first night we brought her home. We stayed the only stay in the hospital one night, the second, we brought her home the second night and she was just screaming at three o'clock in the morning. I'm just sitting there like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, it's going to be like this forever. And then, you know, two months later, everything's just sleep. Three months later, she's sleeping through the night and, is an angel most of the time, you know, but it's very, I was not as ready as I thought I was. Let's put it that way. You know, you can think you're ready. You, you got this baby rooms ready. The house is all done. You got all the car seats loaded up, but you're not ready that, you know, that, that all the materialistic items were ready. Not, I was not ready for sure. Mm -hmm. And all the, the stuff that our wives do too, when, when they're going to get ready to, to drop the baby, um, it's crazy how they go through that nesting process. That's what my wife called it. She's like, I'm nesting. And she would start getting everything ready. And I'm like, what are you doing? What do you want me to put together? What do I got to do? <laughs> Dude, I, I had the bags packed in the, the baby bags packed for like six weeks in the back of the Jeep. At any <laughs> moment's notice, we had everything was packed. Dude, from pillows to blank, extra blankets to, you know, diaper bags, everything ready to go. Car seat was in there like two months early, you know, just sat there in the back of the Jeep. It's definitely the nesting thing was for sure. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, Clint, how many children do you want to have, brother? Uh, two. Two? Yeah, I came from, I have an older sister, you know. Mm -hmm. Everyone in my family is, you know, one boy, one girl, actually. So it's, it's just, it just seems normal to me. So my wife, my wife came, has an older brother, which was, he's, he, I graduated with him. So I just, everywhere I looked is one boy, one girl. I have a niece and a nephew for my sister. It's just, 
just the way it is. It just seems like, you know, hopefully a girl first and a boys in second, if possible, you know, but nature has its own course, but uh, that would be the ideal plan, you know, two kids. And if we have two girls, we're still sticking with just two girls, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's good. That's, that's good to see. You know what I mean? That because a lot of times people now they have one child and that's it. You know? Yes. I noticed if I ever had a like hung around a kid that was, was a single kid, they were always like entitled and spoiled yes. and never had to share. And it just, that's not going to make a good adult, you mm-hmm. know, when they're always had, always had their way and they don't know any better and we've never gotten yelled at or put time out together. You know, I used to argue with my sister a couple of times, you know, again, getting yelled at and this and that, but I just, yeah, one kid was definitely not going to, it would not work for us. You know, I don't want him to be the spoiled child that, entitled to everything because i know i was never entitled to much either so mm-hmm. you know i always had to work for it that's interesting that you say that because i've noticed the same thing you know you could always tell a single child you know it's yeah. it's like you said entitlement they they think the world owes them something or yeah it's always me 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 this and mm-hmm. that and not sharing or we or anything like that you know mm-hmm. and i even noticed that with my daughter because we uh we had my daughter first and she's seven years older than her middle brother right Mm-hmm. And so that's a pretty good age gap difference, you know, in between there, mm-hmm. we lost, we lost two babies, um, both times I was on the road, you know, and that's, that's rough. Oh yeah. It's, it's rough, especially when you're pretty far along and, you know, I contribute that now that I know to the stress of my wife being home and having the other daughter and then a farm to take care of. And I'm over there on the road providing and stuff like that. So all that stress compounded on her to where her hormones are off and it basically just kind of, got rid of the baby her, her own body you know what i'm saying yeah so um, yeah, stress for sure is one of the leading factor to that kind of thing my mm-hmm. wife's all in so i know a lot about baby stuff now so oh, yeah i've read all <laughs> kinds of dad books and baby books and i was telling her stuff she goes how do you know that I said like i read that in my book you know <laughs> you know like all the month stages and how much ounces they're going to feed and all the code names and all this stuff all, all the real names and stuff like that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. pretty cool that that's that's awesome brother now so you've read all these daddy books and stuff like that so you know the importance of bonding with your child from birth you know what i mean and mm-hmm. you know how you can bond through touch talking playing and, and just being involved in daily care um what did you do to bond with your baby what do you do like i uh, like just put her on my freaking belly and just we just watch tv together and play with her and uh-huh. put her on my knees and just she looks at me and then it's all you need to do she looks at me and gives me a smile that's that's all i really need cheers me up when i come home from work and um you know we go on walks together get some exercise go around the park she likes to look around all the trees she loves being outside mm-hmm. so it's just you know the, the more i can take her outside the better mm, absolutely i agree just being that intentional father mm-hmm. um now that we're talking about that clint i wanted to ask you your your own opinion on what do you think the state of fatherhood is today in the world you know what i mean i i, I think like I'm more like traditional style, you know, mm-hmm. but a lot of these new guys, they know news dads and they're not around for their dad. They're not, not, not around for their kids. And it's just not cool. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, they're, the baby's not the priority in their, you know, their phone is your, their video games are. I see a lot of guys that, Oh, my husband plays video games. Dude, you're 30 years old. dude. You don't even play video games. You'd be taking care of your kid. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see that a lot that the, baby the video games and the phone takes more precedence than the precedence than the kid you know which is not right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I, I see that a lot 
And how do you think that's affecting, you know, just because we're tradesmen, we're linemen, we're instructors and stuff like that. How do you think it's affecting the kids that we're seeing now? Well, they're, you know, you're proud of your environment. If you were brought up that way, you're, you're, if you have kids, it's going to be the same way. It's going to be a never ending process of mm-hmm. making, you know, of having not, you know, not quality dads. Mm-hmm. So I can see that happening, you know, a couple of generations from now, because it's changed even, you know, three, about 25 generations, 25 years. So, but 75 years ago, it was a different lifestyle mm-hmm. than it was now. So it's, I, can, I can only see it's going to get probably worse, you know, in a way from here on out with all the technology and all that stuff mm-hmm. or being, uh, being around, you know, being a show up dad. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I, I read, a I read this article, uh, called the fall of the nuclear family. And it talked about how every single civilization that was great in history has fallen through the same seven, uh, ideologies and that the United States is falling into those same things. And one of them is the fall of the nuclear family, the traditional family, as we'd like to call it, where there's no more father involved. There's uh, mothers are, are taking on roles that they should never have taken apart. You know what I mean? As far as uh, being um, raising children by themselves and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And we can go on and on and on, but I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting that that's the way things are going right now, you know? Yeah. Cause I came up, you know, like, you know, it always just be a, a stay at home mom. It's not the case anymore, you know, with especially mm-hmm. in California with house prices and everything, all the inflation, the mom's going to have to work. So, you know, they're going to be in daycare. And now you have a, a someone's the daycare is raising them instead of the family. So I'd rather have, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got lucky. My mother-in-law is going to watch the baby here when my wife goes back to work. But, uh, you know, I'd rather have my wife be at home and not mm-hmm. work, you know, if I if that was a, the case. But the li- a line trade allows you to have, a stay-at-home mom you know we make good enough money to to uh have her at home and raise i'd rather have my wife or my mother-in-law raise my child than not a stranger Mm, exactly exactly and especially even with devices i mean i know a lot of fathers i mean when we go to the store or even a restaurant you see a whole family and everybody has a phone in front of them dude from the father all the way down you know yeah that chaps me up big time you know i don't see that stuff you know, you should be you're there and welcome to the paper footballs, playing football and stuff like that, you know, other napkins, all that stuff, you know, shooting the straws at each other, the paper wrapping, stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. you just park it on your phones and you just, now you order on your phone and just, they're just making, you know, I think in my, in my opinion, it's bad, you know, you know there's mm-hmm. no personal talking. You don't talk to the waitress or waiter anymore. You just order it and then just drop it off. The communication, you know, to strangers is disappearing. Mm-hmm. big time you can go i know i'm guilty of it we go to target and we go order this stuff and then show up and they put it in the car you know stuff mm-hmm. like that you know it's good to have your children you know talk to strangers because they're gonna be uncomfortable with them and they need to be comfortable with talking to strangers mm-hmm. and people they don't know mm-hmm. so it'll help them out later on in their life definitely mm-hmm. i agree with you 100 percent. i also believe change you know change is uncomfortable and when you're, you know, us as parents, when we go through changes in life and the way we handle those changes, we're actually showing our children how to handle change for their life. You know, if we're freaking out because this is happening or that's happening, we're actually showing them how to handle stress. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They can read that for sure. Mm-hmm. Even, even a, ba- a newborn baby, if you're stressed, she can feel it. Yes. And for mine, you know, if you're calm, she's calm. If you're stressed, then she's just, she's just not happy. So I, I can see that happening. 
Mm-hmm. Even though I'm only, you know, I've been an only, I've only been a dad for three and a half months, but I used to definitely see that happening. Mm-hmm. If your kids see you're stressed, it is that's normal, which is, you know, or you're not, you, if you can't handle stress, you know, very well, mm-hmm. you know, try to not let them see it. You know, uh, that's, that's awesome that you said that because, um, I want to share with you a little bit. Uh, my last son, Kemper, my, my little baby, I was on the, let's see, I had, I was working at the utility and I left the utility and my wife was extremely stressed because I was going to go back on the road. Okay. And she had our baby in September. I went on the road to an ice storm in December and I was gone, you know? So Mm -hmm. she had the two kids plus my baby, newborn baby. And she's out there breaking ice and breaking water while I'm out on this, this ice storm in Oklahoma, Texas. Right. And, uh, the baby was extremely stressed. I mean, he got this, um, I don't even know what it was called, but he would basically became allergic to my wife's milk and we didn't know it. So every time he drank the milk, it was like, it was burning acid. So his skin was just like, it looked like he was burnt. Like someone had thrown hot water on him. And the nurse said that they had, that that was one of the worst cases they seen in New Mexico. And there's only like five babies that actually had his condition at the time in the whole state. And, uh, I contribute that to stress, you know, just the stress that I had put my wife under during her pregnancy and even up until where we had the baby. And then I left again on the road, you know what I mean? So you're right mm-hmm. on that. You know what I mean? There's something to that stress, you know, I, even when I go to work for 10 hours, I live five miles away from the JTC, mm-hmm. but you know, when it's a work night, it's more stressful trying to get her down in time, this and that. So I get a decent amount of sleep and compared to having a weekend and it's more, relax and more fun you know it's not scheduled you know it's, it's all scheduled you know especially with the baby eight o'clock bath time you know feed her one more time change her and then put her down by 8 30 but um uh, i could definitely if my wife was by herself she would be completely stressed out if i was not around i can guarantee you that and the baby would probably know that for sure and feel that last but not least clint i wanted to ask you what kind of advice could you give a new daddy coming up in this trade and stuff like that um you think you're gonna be ready, but uh, you're probably not gonna be. But uh, just try your best, you know, staying calm, you know, especially your wife's freaking out. If you're good and you can help keep her calm, then the situation's gonna be a lot better off. So I'm a pretty calm guy too, but you know, I was getting stressed for a minute there. We're gonna bring you know, like this baby just came out, and like the next day, within 20 hours, we are uh, taking her home. I'm like, you're gonna let us take her home. But at least I knew my wife's RN, so I'm like, okay, we'll be okay. But if you know, I'd be, I was definitely nervous. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, just try to make sure you're stable, stick around, um, try not to let the baby see your stress, and uh, you know, make sure you find a good partner so you don't have to get divorced. Oh, it's the main thing too. Make sure you find the right woman before you uh, try to have kids or stuff like that. That's what I recommend. Well, once again, thank you, Clint, for coming on our show. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on here, dude. When I asked you, I was just like, man, I got to get this guy on here. He's got so much knowledge and I just thank you, dude, for, for coming on here. I I truly do. Appreciate it, brother. I'm glad to be on here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to give a special shout out to white Delta sunglasses and eyewear store. Thank you to Albert Arias. Love the hat, big dog. You guys are making some quality stuff. Keep up the good work. And once again, this is Dave from the show up dad reminding you that you are more than just a paycheck. Thank you very much for tuning in.